Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. If you are like me, it is disheartening to listen to the news and see the horrific things that are happening in our country, in our state, in our city, and in some of our homes. There's murders and neglect and abuse and trafficking and violence. God said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, he will hear from heaven and he will heal our land. God has the solution to our sin problem. Stay tuned after today's broadcast and we're going to invite you to come out and join us for a week of fasting and prayer for our children, our community, our city, our country, our culture, and our churches. Come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's Word. Well, it's going to be good for you tonight because you are here. So the message is going to be for you. So I hope you're encouraged. Well, I want to go into the Word of the Lord tonight, and I want to just encourage you. Uh, the last couple of times, we were just encouraging our congregation. So if you want to spend some time just sharing with you, the, the believers, the congregation, so that God can enrich you to be effective in everything that you do. How many of you can say from time to time, I need some encouragement? So I'm going to talk to you about being equipped for ministry, being equipped for ministry. For many years, I thought the purpose of the church was to minister to me. I would go to church. My expectation was that somebody's going to sing to me, and somebody's going to preach to me, and somebody's going to encourage me, and then I'm going to be blessed, and I'm going to be uh, happy, and I'm going to say we had good service, and then I can go home, and then come back the next time so they can sing to me, pray for me, uh, preach to me, and then I go home again, and I come back later, and they can sing to me, and preach to me, and pray for me. It took me a long time to understand that that wasn't what God's plan of salvation was for me. Uh, it was to be equipped for ministry. And ministry here, I'm going to be talking about this evening, is not preaching. The ministry I'm talking about is not preaching or teaching. So when God called the church into fellowship with himself and with each other, he had a purpose in mind. Upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church because the church is going to be fruitful and engaging and involved. True to the nature and character of God, he never sets his purpose up without a plan. And we can see how and what God's plan was for the church as we take a look in Ephesians chapter 4, beginning at verse 11. Paul, writing to the church, says, It was he, talking about God, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. Uh, if you stop right there, you would think that that's the only functions of the believer is to either be a pastor or a prophet or evangelist or, or teacher. 
But look at what he says. He, he gave those gifts, and sometimes those are called the five-fold ministry gifts. He says he gave those gifts for a purpose in verse 12. To prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Now that's a mouthful. Paul is laying out God's progressive plan for his church and that is equipping for service and the building up of the body of Christ. He wants to equip us for service or equip us for ministry so we can build up each other and we can go out and reach others for Christ. So I'm going to ask you uh, as we're talking this evening to think about uh, the ministry that God has impressed upon your heart. The ministry, the serving. Where is it and what is it that God has placed upon your heart? If you just got saved this morning, I may give you a um, pass because, you know, maybe you hadn't got to that point. But if you've been saved 10 years, 15 years, you've just been saved and sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, you know you're saved and you're going to heaven. God doesn't talk to you about something. God has spoken, let me just say it properly. God has spoken to you about something. You may not have listened, you may not have understood, but God has urged you, pushed you, nudged you to do something. And I'm not just talking about in the church context, some ministry. It doesn't have to be in the church, but it's a ministry. It may be on your job. We all have a mission field where we are. And God has urged us to be a blessing to somebody. And I want to let you know that our job is to equip you so you can have the, the knowledge that you need and the understanding that you need. So when God starts using you, you're doing it in a way that's going to be effective for the kingdom of God. So Paul is laying out this progressive plan for the church. And the first task within God's design is for the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to properly equip the saints for ministry. And sometimes we're, we're preaching to you, but we're not equipping you. Equipping is giving you the tools and the information and instruction and encouragement and the push for you to go out and allow God to use you in the area for which he has gifted you. So the equipping uh, basically prefers to that which is fit, getting you outfitted. Uh, sometimes when you go camping and hunting, they have outfitters. That means they're going to give you all the stuff that you need when you're going out there on that trip. That's that word to equip, is to make you fit or complete or condition you for the work that needs to be done. That equipping is to take place here and now. The equipping needs to be here and now. There's a time in the church where we need to preach a word to you for your inspiration. Most often we need to give you some information so you can grow and go. So just say that, grow and go. 
Otherwise, you're just being inspired. As pastors, we shouldn't just spend all of our time to try to inspire you emotionally, but to inform you so you can be effective in the kingdom of God. So that takes place here and now, on the, on the earth now. When you get to heaven, you can't do this. When you get to heaven, you can't go talk to nobody else about getting saved. You can't tell, you're not going to have, have a need to tell somebody about the goodness of God and all he's done for me after you get to heaven. All of this is so that it can be done here and now. Here and now. That's why the Bible says work while it is day because when night comes, no one can work. So you have some daylight to do it in. So the second aspect of God's plan for the operation of the church is service or ministry. So we equip, then we have that service. The equipping is to be done so the saints can serve each other effectively. The entire church is to be aggressively involved in the work of the Lord. Everybody ought to be doing something. Everybody ought to be doing something. You know, after you've come and you've got built up, then it's time to start doing some work. No pastor can do everything a church needs to do. No matter how gifted, no matter how talented, no matter how dedicated they are, they can't do it all. Spiritual service is the work of every believer, every saint of God. Uh, there's a scripture that says, whatever you find your hands to do. Uh, is that in the Bible? Whatever you find your hands to do. So you need to be finding something for your hands. He didn't say everything you find your mouth to do. Talk about it. <laughs> everything that you can do. And what he's saying is uh, you can do a task with your hands or whatever work that you do. Do it for the glory of God. Whatever you find to do. Which means that everybody can find something. Attendance is a poor substitute for participation. Just coming to church is a poor substitute for participating and serving in ministry. Now the ones who ought to be doing that are new believers, those that we have uh, spoken to, invited on Sunday morning. We have guests and visitors, some that don't know the Lord, some don't know anything about church. They're just trying to figure it out. Uh, they're just trying to find help and hope and they're just trying to find relief. They just they got things going on in their lives and they don't know what to do and how to do. So they're just coming in. They're just sitting down. They're observing. But the believers, uh, we ought to do more than that. The third element is the immediate goal of God's plan for his church, and that's for us to be built up. The building up is the spiritual growth and the development of the believers in the church. All of us ought to have been built up. We ought to be stronger spiritually today than we've been in the past. We ought to be getting stronger as we go on. Oh, there are times when you don't feel stronger. There are times when you're struggling a little bit here and there. But uh, even after those struggles, you ought to feel stronger. Those struggles are just like working out, lifting weights. When you get through with that struggle, when you get through the struggle, you ought to be stronger. Building us up. And that's why we encourage one another. That's why we pray for one another. And the church is built up by prayer and obedience to the word of God. We build ourselves and we build each other. That's why it's important to uh, encourage one another and build up one another. I enjoy when we do that for one another. 
But you are not have the same prayer request for like 12 years in a row every Sunday. I just need some more strength. <laughs> not every Sunday, 12 years in a row. And that's when you need to start examining. Are you in the word of God when you leave here? Are you in the word? Are you obeying, obeying the word? Are you praying? Are you seeking God for yourself? Because there's a time when you're a baby Christian and you, you're on milk, but there's some time you ought to start eating some, some chicken and some beef. And when you really get spiritual, you can eat some pork chops. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. But you don't want to start off with that. Here's what the writer of Acts chapter 20 verse 33 says. Now I commit you to God and to the word of grace. He's talking to the believer. Which can build you up and give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified. The word of grace and I commit you to God. And 1 Peter 2 1 says like newborn babes crave pure milk. Spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. God wants us to grow up in our salvation. And we have a need for people to see other mature believers functioning properly. So God's ultimate plan for the building up of the saints has fourfold purposes that can be seen in our text. Number one, we reach the unity of the faith. Secondly, and the knowledge of the Son of God. Then we become mature and then we can attain to the full measure of Christ. So the first thing he wants us to start off with is that we should have one heart and one spirit and we should have uh, the unity of the faith. We're not going to get much accomplished if there's division among us. If we are not on the same page spiritually. We got different doctrines. Uh, uh, I don't believe that. You sitting in the church and hearing the word, I don't believe that. I don't see it that way. I don't believe that. I don't believe this. I don't believe that. I'm like, I think you're in the wrong place. You're in the wrong place. There's somebody across town or down the street that believes just like you believe. You need to go over there and be in harmony and unity with them. When we have the same mind, the mind of Christ, the same goals, the same agenda, then we can be in the unity of the faith. When the enemy's strategy is to get people divided so we can't work together. Now, that don't mean that everybody is alike. It just means that we are unified in the things that we come here for. We have different personalities. We have different understandings. But we are all believing the same thing. We're all going the same direction. Amen? So the solution to the division in Corinth was for everybody to hold on to the same understanding, the same doctrine. In 1 Corinthians 1.10, Paul says, I appeal to you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another. Agree with one another. I'm going to be agreeable. Some of us, that's where we need to start our ministry. I'm going to be looking for agreement, not for disagreement. I'm going to look for harmony, not disharmony. I'm going to look for where we can work together, not where we can't work together. And sometimes what you're looking for, you can find it quite often. I'm looking for agreement. We agree about the same thing. That there be no division among you and that you may be perfectly united in mind and thought. And then the second purpose of the church was to attain to the knowledge of God. I want to know God. I want to know, I want to know uh, who he is. I want to know what he does and how he does it and what he has in store for me. I want the fullness. I want to grow in my knowledge of the Lord. 
In Colossians 1.9 it says, For this reason, Paul um, speak this, and I prayed this over the men Sunday. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Now, what are you praying that for somebody? You know, I've, every time I think about you, my brother, I ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you may know him. And I'm asking you to pray that for me, that God will fill me with the knowledge of his will, with what God wants to have happen in your life, that God will use your life to the fullness. I know God wants to use you. I know you have an anointing. I know you have a gift. I'm just praying that God will use that gift that he's put in you and build you up and and that you can express everything that God put in your life. What if somebody told you that every time they saw you? I'm praying that for you. I'm think, I was thinking about you and I was asking God just to fill you up some more. That's what he's saying. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. Bearing fruit in every good work. That's your ministry. And growing in the knowledge of God. And the third purpose is equipping the church. Equipping you so you can go. So we encourage you. We encourage you to keep on going. This is a spiritual journey. It's a spiritual race. It's a spiritual battle. We, it's a warfare. It's all of those things. And in all of those things, we're going to get hit. We're going to get wounded. We're going to get shot. We're going to, we're going to have a, a hard, hard times from time to time. And we're here just to encourage each other. Come on, keep on going. You can make it. Come on. We, I'm going to help you patch you up a little bit. Let's keep on. Keep on going. The fight is still going on. James 1, 2 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith develop perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. He says, come on, man. I know, I know that you're going through a tough time, but come on. God hasn't forgot you. God is still uh, on your side. You're going to make it through this and you're going to be able to help somebody else. You're going to have a testimony that's going to be a blessing to somebody. And then it is the maturity that causes the church to attain to the fullness and the whole measure of Christ. When we become mature in God, we can start seeing God move in a significant way. The church in the world is Jesus Christ in the world. The church in the world is Jesus Christ in the world because we are the fullness of his body in the world. That's why Christians are commanded to walk as he walked, to talk as he talked. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as he walked, First John says. Second Corinthians 3.18, and we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory. We are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So when we walk as he walked, we can talk as he talked, we can get some things done in the world that God wants us to accomplish. We can only do and be what he wants us to be when we are equipped and we serve and we minister. We are equipped, we serve, and we minister. We have the unity of faith. We grow to spiritual maturity. And we attain to the full measure of Christ. 
How many of you said, I just wish the Lord would use me? You know, believers say that all the time. I just wish the Lord would use me. And then when the Lord get ready to use you, ooh, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I pray for me, Pastor. I don't know if I can do that. Well, uh, you just ask the Lord to use you, and the Lord says, okay, do this. Oh, I can't do that. Well, then you ask me to use you. Now listen, anytime God asks you to do something, be assured that he will empower you to get it done. And you're going to have to rely upon his power. Paul says, I'm not, I didn't come with persuasive words to preach to you, but I came with the Spirit's power. And we're going to have to have the Holy Ghost power to get things done. But all God is looking for is a willing vessel. I want to encourage you tonight. Everyone in here uh, has been given an assignment by God to minister right where you are. You may feel like, you know, I'm not as spiritual as I need to be. I got issues. God knows you got issues and he's still going to use you. You know, Peter had issues. He had a lot of issues. God said, I got to keep on, I'm going to use these. All of his disciples had some issues. You know, he would look at them and say, how much longer, how much more I got to go over this with y'all? They had issues after the resurrection. He had to hunt them down and they had the door closed. He had to walk through the door to find them. So now I thought y'all were supposed to be out there ministering. <laughs> Ain't y'all supposed to be out there doing something? They were like, well, we didn't know what was up. <laughs> Looked like it wasn't going to work out the way they did you. <laughs> he said, I told you I was coming back. God is used to doing that when, we, when he's asking us to do something. And, and he's patient with us. The Bible said the gifts and the callings are without repentance. I mean, he ain't taking it back. Now, I, I have that for you. I'm not taking it back. Whether you do it or not, I don't know, but I'm not going to take it back. Just take a minute and, and just think about where you are in your walk with the Lord and what your availability is. What is my availability? Where God wants me to minister. Again, we're not talking about being an ordained preacher. Some of you might end up being that, but uh, there's a whole lot of things God wants to get done. He wants to get things done at Home Depot and Lowe's, and AutoZone, the bank, the cleaners, or the school, or wherever you might be, wherever you come across a person. God wants to use you to impact their lives and to change their lives, to encourage them, enrich them, uh, give them hope. Wherever you are, God wants to use you to change people's lives right where you are. And God knows how to use your personality, your abilities, even your inabilities. God can use it. All he wants somebody to say is, Lord, I want to be equipped for ministry. Then I want to do some ministry. This is Jerry G. Martin. I want you to know that no matter what's going on in your life, no matter how many situations and trials you're going through, God has the answer to your problem. God has a solution to the sin problem, and that's salvation through Jesus Christ. We can get discouraged by the things that we see on the news or in a culture, the violence, the anger, the dissent, the division among people. There is a solution to this problem. If the believers are the light of the world, why is it so dark out there? God wants his people to be revived and to let his light shine so that those who are in darkness can come to him. 
This week, beginning Monday, November the 1st, we're in five nights of prayer and fasting. You can join right along with us. God put the burden on the shoulders of his people. He said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, I will hear it and I will heal your land. We will be meeting at 7 o'clock p.m. in person at our worship center at 16161 Old Humble Road. If you feel the urgency to come and join with other believers and pray, come on out and be with us. We will lift our voice to the Lord and ask him to revive us, to renew us, and to heal our land. We have family members that need the saving and delivering power of Jesus Christ. We have issues in our lives that only the miracle hand of God can take care of. For more information, call us at 281-964-1393. Bring your request. Be our guest and join us as we pray. 7 o'clock p.m., 16161 Old Humble Road. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, May the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.